Welcome to the Chemistry Factor Podcast, dedicated to help you consciously inspire your actions in business, no matter what circumstances you're facing, transforming your stress into empowering success. I'm Coach Barney, founder of the Chemistry Factor. For over 25 years, I've worked with hundreds of successful business leaders who have all experienced how poor working relationships and unexpected business setbacks cause the anxiety and stress that weakens your productivity, innovation, and leadership skills. You do not choose to be stressed. It is a reaction, not a decision, that drains your energy, making work hard and less fulfilling. Together, we will discover how to empower your attitude to achieve the greater success and satisfaction you've always wanted in your business, career, and life. This is the Chemistry Factor Podcast, and I'm Coach Barney. My guest today is Chris Mazaluski. Chris is currently the CFO for Decoded Advertising, a digital agency that has recently been acquired by the S4 Capital Group, owned by one of the most successful and respected icons of the advertising industry, Sir Martin Sorrell. Chris's career in advertising spans over 30 years, working with both holding company and independent agencies, such as McCann Erickson, Euro RSCG, Kirschenbaum Bond, which later became part of MDC and is now part of Stagwell. Chris is a very operational CFO who helps provide the kind of environment that agencies look for to help achieve strong collaborative relationships amongst all departments and agency staff. He has been seen as an essential part of merging agency cultures in the advertising industry for decades. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bonnie. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. So we've known each, we've known each other for a long time. How's your family? Family is great, thanks. How uh, old are your kids? Yeah. Yes, uh, 17 and 14. So, well, uh, we've you know. known each other a lot longer than that. <laughs> yeah, we have. It's exactly. I know your kids are up and gone for a while now. <laughs> yeah. For close to 30 years, you've been in the agency world. What do you love about it? You know, it's, it's a great question. It's because it's crazy, you know, and I guess maybe that's part of the, the appeal of it. You know, a lot of my colleagues, or like, I, I can't believe I'm still in this business, you know, especially as you, when you get a few gray beards, it's like, <laughs> why are you still in this? But it, it is very dynamic. There's a lot of energy in it. It's exciting at times, fun. And I tell you, I, I still get goosebumps when I see our work, like on TV. Yeah. It's, it's a great amount of pride. I mean, I didn't create those ads, but, you know, I have a little piece of it, you know, just like everyone else in our respective agencies it's it's a lot of pride there we know how much work how much incredible amount of effort goes into creating that content creating whatever that messaging is and it's just amazing yeah Uh, it's it's a little microcosm of the entertainment world in a lot of ways as well well that collaborative effort you know is what makes it partially yours as well because you're all supporting each other that's correct right and you know, we're going to be talking about mergers and acquisitions today. <laughs> and, right. You know, that, that's sometimes a very fine point 
when it comes yeah. to merging two agencies together. Sure. Uh, right now, more and more agency entrepreneurs seem to start off with a timetable. It's a game plan to sell their successful business and then start another. That wasn't what it was like 30 years ago. <laughs> no, you're right. I would say even 30 years ago, folks, a lot of the independent agencies, they were fiercely independent and wanted to remain so. You know, nowadays it's just, it's a different world. The stock market and the tech companies and everything have just made this unbelievable platform where, yeah, I hate to say that some of the, the newer entrepreneurs want to be similar to the tech entrepreneurs. And that's build something, build something great and awesome, sell it, and then do move it on again. To the next. Well, that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, what do you see as some of the key challenges? that these entrepreneurs are going to face in a merger or acquisition situation? What would be the key challenges that they're going to be facing that you, you would say, hey, guys, be prepared? Yeah. I mean, like anything, you know, a merger is uh, the success of it is having the similar mindset of similar goals. I mean, your uh, similar values, as Barney, you're very well aware of and familiar with the concept of sharing values. And if, uh, if you're like-minded and you share values with whomever you're going to be collaborating with, merging with, or whatever, and typically that relationship will be successful. And I think that's one of the most important aspects is to be like-minded, have shared values, you know, have the same kind of principles and mindset, a lot of the same goals as well in, in, in terms of like, if there's a particular process or selling component, whatever that may be, it's helpful to have whoever, again, the other party is uh, kind of be on, on board with it. Otherwise, it's just like, you know, somebody's just buying an asset and yeah. no, you, know, you, you have an asset, you can put it on the shelf, basically. That's, and that's a no challenge, problem. though. Right. That, right. that is right. a challenge because right. you and I have both seen mergers and acquisitions where it was all about the numbers. And all about, well, you've got the right clients and I've got the right clients. This should be a good fit. Right. And then you, you turn around and you see the merger and the acquisition, the merger lose money. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, sure. You know, lose money, lose clients. And so there's got to be some secrets for your success. I mean, it, maybe it's before the, the, the agreement is made that you have a very good understanding of expectations. What, what, what do you say are some of the values that you find most most helpful yeah, in, I, I, in connecting. Uh, right. And again, I think that's the, the secret and the, the key is that the, the parties have to have, it is about chemistry a lot of times too. It really is. It's like almost a gut feeling. Feeling. If I go back to our Christian Bonbon days, uh, you know, Richard and John, you know, when they first met with the MDC folks and in particular, Miles Nadal, they had a good feeling about it. And, and they also, you know, they had similar colleagues who had gone through the process with, you know, MDC and Miles and had a, a very good experience. And that was help. That was really important to Richard and John because they had been steadfastly, you know, independent and they had been approached many times before, but they saw within MDC and Miles at that time, a partner that can really help what their other goal was again, they, they kind of want to, they mentioned this many times. They want to be like the Medici's, you know, they want to be able to, you know, support, you know, other 
let's say entities or other types of agencies that they're not right, doing the right. same kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, be able to, you know, expand obviously beyond what um, may have been within our realistic means, you know, you need that kind of that big supporter to be able to go beyond the borders, so to speak. But again, it's, it's also, you know, to be able to, again, sort of like now that with the tech entrepreneurs, you know, you're looking for backings or support to help your idea or find, or actually, you know, in a lot of ways, they, you know, they, they help find that next great company that's going to come up with whatever the the groundbreaking work or idea or concept or platform or whatever it may be. Back in your day, MDC was known to be more laissez-faire. They wanted you to keep your corporate culture. They wanted you to be able to be who you wanted to be. And they wouldn't get too involved in changing you. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Very fair. Yeah. Very fair. And then we've seen other opportunities where people, they're doing it. It looks good, but they didn't do their homework. Okay. And they find out that, oh, no, no, this is the way you have to be now. And that makes it more difficult for people to continue the way they were that when they were successful. And we'll get into this in a minute, some of the things that can happen when that goes wrong. What challenges have you experienced due to the pandemic as it relates to the merger that you're doing now? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And I think many other in our agency world are probably feeling the same thing. And, and I'm sure some have, have different experiences. I think a very similar challenge as we all are feeling is, a, is being isolated and not, you know, you know we, we are a very collaborative environment. And, you know, you can only go so far with Zoom and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just not the same thing. You know, you know, agencies now are we're, we're built like these open concepts. You know, there's no walls anymore. You know, no one has like offices. It's, it's all about being open concepts, you know, so you can have huddles and collaboration groups to come up, you know, with, again, whether it's the great idea or just ease of work, so yeah. to speak. Chiat Day did that when they were first starting out in California. They were riding skateboards through the through the office and stuff like that. It was it was new and it was novel right. and and it was and it worked. It, it, worked. It, it really worked well. Creativity there was brilliant. They went through a merger and acquisition. We won't get into that, but that wasn't so easy. I can tell you. Right. Uh, uh, with DB, uh, DBWA. DBWA. Yeah, they they were like total opposites. Uh, yeah. But when you're dealing with challenges, there's also the opportunity to discover benefits in this situation with this pandemic. What have you learned that you can do that will actually make things even better? That's a great question. And I mean, this is probably very obvious, but you know, in the situations or, or the circumstances where you know, we just can't get to the office, we know we can, we can continue to work. Back in the old days, you know, if it was like heavy snow, you couldn't make it to your office or whatnot, you know, it was a, it was like a, it was a school, you know, snow day, right? I mean, but now with technology and the great, the, the much better technology, uh, it can work and yeah. it can be very effective, very effective, you know, working remotely. Yeah. Seems that flex time is going to be something that yeah. more and more agencies are going to have to do. Because, Without a doubt, yeah. And it's probably beneficial for productivity as well. I, I agree. I mean, I was always a staunch 
advocate. And I've, you know, I got quite a bit of a commute of being in the office every day, but I, I realize that now I don't have to be in the office every day. I tell you, it is easier to work with my colleagues and everyone being in the office, yeah. but I can get by and we can survive, you know, not being in the office. And yeah, Extremes and, but, are never fair comparison. Right, I mean, right, right now, right. a lot of people still don't go back to the office. And with the pandemic the way it is, gosh knows what's going to happen next. Right. Not, it's so many Christmas parties and New Year have been canceled. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Fortunately, you know, we have guys already. So. Oh, good. <laughs> I can see the smile on your face. You yeah. know, that's that's part of the chemistry factor. When you think right. of a peak moment in your life, it inspires you. Right. It must have been a fun party. <laughs> it was great. It was great because we all got together. It was really the first time we got together yeah. in over a year and a half. So it was it was uh, glorious. Actually, I, I can relate to that. I went to my first indoor restaurant like just before Thanksgiving. And I was like, whoa, holy mackerel, this is okay. So, you know, there are reasons for challenges, detriments, and there are reasons for benefits when it comes to merger and acquisition. When you look at, you know, the pressure you have as a detriment from, you know, return on investment, how does that affect the work that's being done? (laughs) That's a great question. And I think it goes back to, again, you know, the understanding of what what is the the long-term goal. Because we all have seen a lot of situations where everyone's in short-term goals and almost look on the quarterly results and, and whatnot. Sometimes it's not the, the best for the longer goals of the of the company to be so so short-minded. Uh, but there's realities and there's performance expectations, which are realistic and real that need to be uh, acknowledged. And so I think it's like a healthy balance of understanding what the the short-term realistic expectations are with the greater mindset of uh, what are the longer-term goals for greater growth over the longer period. You know, it, ha- it has to be the right amount of balance. Yeah. And, and you're, you're probably the one that gets into the middle of the balance a lot because you have to keep your eyes on the prize. Right, right. I mean, but it's not just mine. It is it's not mine. just your responsibility, but, right. but it, it, the buck stops somewhere when it comes yeah, to- Yeah, and it's yeah. everyone's responsibility. And if it wasn't, then it becomes almost an unattainable uh, right. so situation. Yeah. What I'm gathering here is that you, you have a good way of conversing so that people can understand the bigger picture. And that's- not always easy, depending right. on the department you're in. <laughs> you're absolutely right, right. Like I said, everyone wants to think about the long term and understand that there's investment situations possibly required for the long term. But there's there are you know short term realities, and again, it's it's a understanding the balance of both. Yeah, I'm and, I'm going to call out a few things that you know I see as detriments, okay, and then I'm going to call out a few things that I see as benefits. And you, you can just say yes, no, or make a comment. <laughs> Detriment. Suffer of agency-client relationships, especially with bigger agencies that have competitors amongst them. Have you seen that happen before? 
in terms of detriment, you mean that that I, that it can be a challenge that you 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 know that that can hurt your return on investment. To be honest, sure, yeah. I mean, obviously, without our clients, big, small, or or whatever, there is no business. Yeah. Again, our business is the business of relationships. Yeah. Talent turnover. Yeah. Talent turnover is, yeah, it's a huge detriment. It's a huge issue. Huge. It's a, How do you deal with that? Before the merger starts, how good is the communications going to be between the staff and the people that are being brought in? Because that seems to be key. Yeah, it is. Obviously, there's only so much you can say and things you really can't even say. That's um, fair. Because you never know about a mer- if a merger is actually going to happen until it actually happens sometimes. Right. You, you can't necessarily like spill the beans or. No, know. no, no, no. But after it's done, after it's announced, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you have group meetings or individual meetings sure. and, you know, sure. so that they're not in the blind. Because I've seen right. I've seen some that well, I don't know who I'm reporting to. It, it's you know, it's been months. and it, it's, That's a very good point. And it's really important to have to communicate and communicate, you know, like. In our examples, we had an, an overall uh, agency-wide communication, and then we broke those down to the respective you know groups and you know departments, so we can have uh, more in-depth and conversations and answer any kind of questions or provide any clarity. So that was all thought of, and, and that was very helpful. And, you know, yeah. have the broad message, and then breaking it down um, into groups, departments, wherever you want to do it. You know, to to discuss, uh, just be there for, you know, to answer questions. Yeah. Benefits. <laughs> okay. We've done enough about the, the challenges. Increased buying power. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you, you, you get more agencies that can support you and you support them as you were saying before. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, that is always true, right? So when you're a larger agency or a larger company, there's, and there's lots of, lots of different types of buying power. There's buying with, based on size and numbers so you can get a, an advantage on subscription services medical insurance whatever Absolutely. it may be and there's there's great benefit that's a, you know that is truly you know a tremendous amount of benefits for combining co- companies or and or joining a larger company to achieving receive some of those benefits by the know, way so. I, i'm doing this because we 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 started off talking about entrepreneurs who want to, you know, build their business, things that they should be aware of. Because if you if you know something, it's easier for you to deal with it than if you don't realize it and you find out after the fact. Yes, most certainly. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so you're mentioning cost savings. Here's one that we don't talk about a lot, but I know some of the bigger agencies do do, do this is, you know, opportunity to downsize B and C players <laughs> to get mm-hmm. your to get some A players. Yeah. I like to say that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure all agencies want to say that they all have A, a <laughs> players, but I'll, I'll tell you one of the benefits can be is that you do have a wider diverse pool of talent where perhaps you're under, and, oh, and it helps very much. So, diversity. That's yeah. a good point. And, and a lot of it is diversity of experience as well in terms yeah. of, you know, maybe you're a particular, I hate to say niche agency and your talent and experience that has been, you know, insane, the luxury goods or whatnot. And which is great. It's a great amount of experience, but then, you know, a lot of opportunities may come up that's outside of that. And you may not have that kind of 
yeah. experience or portfolio. You, you may be correct myself. When I say BNC players, I'm not saying that, that that's their level, but that's their contribution because some of what they've done in the past isn't as relevant as it used to be. Right. And, you know, maybe someplace else it would be even more relevant. But yeah, that's, no, that's a fair, that's a good fair point. point. And again, and I think, and just to add to that as well, I, I, having a, a situation where you have a larger group of agencies or companies, or again, we are more of the one P&L, so we're all one big happy family. You know, the thing is, you know, if someone needs of support, you know, you're there and you're available to them. If someone wants to learn or you know invest themselves in a different area within the new family, you know, they have that opportunity that much, much easier than they would otherwise. That's yeah. a good thing to notice. Yeah, that's that's cool. You have seen and managed a number of mergers and acquisitions in your career. What consumes your time the most? Specifically for the, <laughs> the um, depending on the situation, if we're being the acquired um, group, it's the due diligence part is, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's uh, as it should be. You know, it, it, it's a lot of it's it's a lot of effort. I mean, a, a year ago now is was a little busy for me right now. Yeah, I'm sure it's still busy for you right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it takes time. Yeah, and yeah. You know, rightfully so. It, it's about being due and diligent, and so that that's uh, a particularly I don't say difficult, but it's it's uh, it's a lot. Quite yeah, and, and it, it can have an effect on talent drain too at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, because people are being asked to do more uh, right. that normally they wouldn't have had to. If you're being acquired, right, you know, you're doing two jobs. And what, a, so, yeah. what about when you're when you're you're the acquirer when you're the one that's merging someone into your organization, which I know you've done too. Right. Yeah. I, it's it's different, but there's still a lot of due diligence in terms of in, ensuring that again, as you know, the agencies are a collection of cultures and ensuring that those cultures, when they come together, mesh well is very important. It's critical. So important. Yeah, the yeah. most important. And so, you know, depending on the situation, you want to ensure that you have the right environment and for this new, you know, marriage or, you know, um, combination. It's a marriage. That's what yeah. I call it. You know, yeah. it, you're going to spend yeah. more waking hours with the people at work than you do with anybody else. Right, right. And if yeah. it's not a good marriage, then the business and everyone else suffers. Right. Looking back, give me a moment, a peak moment in your career of success while you were managing a merger. Something that like just resonates. Whoa, man, when, when, when that happened, it was just brilliant. Well, I, I could say that essentially I just mentioned it about the whole due diligence phase. I mean, that is a, quite an undertaking. And I'll tell you, both two of the more significant you know mergers that I've been part of, again, being acquired, when that phase was done, it was just such a, a sense of accomplishment that I haven't achieved, you know, I haven't felt uh, that kind of weight, so to speak, and that kind of um, size, I'd say. It's, it's hard to describe. It's just like, it's like, winning the Super Bowl. It's like you're exhaling, yeah. you know, yeah. like that big exhale of all the stress and everything that that right. culminated until until the deal was done. How right. do you feel when you think about that? I, I'm sure you're thinking about one of them, either the one you're in now or the one you did at KB. Yeah, I, I tell you, I mean, literally up until the last minute, it's, it's usually it's, 
It's it's a long process, and and that last day is late. I feel great about it because then it's just it's just this euphoria that you know you've worked with some people for untold amounts of hours, and it's that you battled with, alongside them. You know, it's it's not really a real war or anything. It's, it's not, I don't mean to diminish Men, that. But, you know, yeah. in arms. You know, you you're, you're right. on the same team. Actually, that's the intention of the whole thing. But you so, look around and you and you're like, hey, we did it. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's, so it's great feeling. what was one of your biggest challenges to achieve a successful merger? One that you look back and say, God, I hope I, I hope I don't have to do that one again. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it tends to be around timing, quite frankly. You know, and um, you know, when you have all the time in the world, it's not as bad, right? But yeah. I've had a couple of situations where there the need, the time frame has be, had been shrunk so dramatically that it was like this is like no way it'll be popping <laughs> frankly burning the midnight oil and then yeah, there literally is not enough hours in the day for it to happen like so it would be impossible i want you to do something with me now this is a chemistry factor thing <laughs> i want you to embrace that success moment that like wow it's done and think of a moment when you were when the time was like really in a heart, but look the perspective of the success, because to me, it's all about the journey. Right. And if you're stressing and sweating it out because you're trying to make it to the end of the finish line, it's hard. You may get there. It may take you longer because, you know, you're, you're overdoing it. But if you're thinking of, you know, that success moment when everything was beautiful as you're in the journey, picture what the next time you're feeling that stress. And you bring the other perspective to the game, the perspective right. of, say, jubilation, joy, whatever it may be. You bring that to what you're doing now in that moment. Tell me how, how it changes your perspective. Well, that's a great point because it essentially will help you get through those, those tough moments. Because, like, you know, I've been through it before. I know it's going to be difficult. And it really looks like it's almost impossible. But you persevere. Relax, your breath. <laughs> I like that one. Relax. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just and just get it done. You know, just but you're, you're gonna get it done. You will yeah, get it done. done. Either right. way, you're gonna get it done. I exactly. think you'll get it done much more you know, much more enjoyably when you're not looking to the finish line. My daughter's a runner. Mm -hmm. You know, she was having a hard time PRing. She was a good runner. And we were talking to her, and it was because she was thinking of the finish line before the gun went off. You know, somebody gives you an assignment is like, oh, man, it's like, oh, uh, you know, I got to get there. And, and right. it's like taking my kids when they were little over the George Washington Bridge and we're going to Florida and they start <laughs> asking, when are we going to get there? You know, <laughs> you, know it, you have choice in the matter. Suddenly we talked to her. She said, OK, Joel, just be confident. Empower that value or for you, empower that jubilation. Empower right. it now. And suddenly she was PRing all over the place because she right. she got to the finish line faster. She wasn't thinking as much about the destination. Is this resonating? Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I mean, you, you overstress about it, then it becomes worse, quite frankly. And, exactly. You know, and then then you become inca almost incapacitated sometimes. You know, you can't get it done. Mergers are like having a baby. Yeah. It, it could be stressful for a moment, but then the joy comes out. 
But if you're being joyful throughout the whole thing and seeing that you're a guy, you can be. It's easier, <laughs> a little easier. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's like that kind of jubilation. Bringing it throughout the process makes it a lot easier and more enjoyable. I, I agree. Great. Yeah. So you know, it's been a pleasure having you on. I know you're so busy. You've got other things to do after we finish this. I'm just smiling. I know there's going to be an end. And so it'll happen, but not quite yet. I, I have a few miles to go. Well, <laughs> that's okay. One step at a time. Enjoy right. each step. Thankfully, right. you can take them. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Great. Yeah. This has been great, Barney. I, I, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I, I know we can. We could do this a lot longer. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and we have. <laughs> yeah, we definitely can. Yeah. But you look great. I'm really happy for you. You're working, you try, quite frankly, you're working for the master of mergers and acquisitions. I mean, he he was the one that started it with Saatchi and WPP. And he's, uh, I mean, it's he's an amazing man. Yes. He is. Yeah, he really is. Uh, and uh, I, I wish you the best of good fortune, you and Decoded, and everybody within your organization. And uh, only good things. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. You do the same. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and recommend The Chemistry Factor to your friends. If you would like to connect with me on social media, reach out to Barney Feinberg on LinkedIn. To connect with me directly, email barney at thechemistryfactor.com. Until next time, empower your business success every day.